1: Adjacent.
3: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
1: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
3: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of
2: L Network.
1: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
2: I mostly try not to curse in general. I just prefer not to. It's not even like... I don't judge people that do I just prefer not to but it's hard like when you have a reaction mm-hmm. when something happens in the car when you stub your toe real bad when so, like what happens it, most of the time it's okay even if your kids hear it it's okay unless you direct it at them with like yes. no brakes. Mm-hmm. and there was this has happened to me with each of my daughters now and I regret it I wish this hadn't happened but like once for example uh, I was letting the kids wash my car in the driveway, so they're which is not really washing the car. They're just spraying it with the hose and having fun, right. or whatever. And I had gone over to the neighbor's house or something, and I was coming back, and I was on my phone. I wasn't really paying attention, and Grace thought it'd be funny to spray me, so she sprays me with this freezing cold water all over me and my phone. And I was just, I just blurted it. Out. I was just, damn it, Grace! Like I could not. It just came out of me, you know. And, oh, and she just melted down crying, and we had we had a lot to work out after that.
4: <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness.
2: <laughs> that wasn't as bad as I thought you were going to say. Yeah, okay, so good. I was preparing myself for worse. I mean, do you judge me for it, or do you understand? Oh, no,
1: I, I mean, I understand.
2: I understand. I mean, you don't want to curse at a kid, especially. No, but well, kids be bad. Sometimes... Uh, sometimes it happens. Oh yeah. Now when, when it's not when it's not
1: your own kids, I, I don't feel bad about it.
2: My wife's done it too. My wife, uh, although this was more this was funnier. Grace was really proud of this. Um, the, the kids love to like hide somewhere and then surprise Ashley, and she hates it. She does not think that's funny. She's not like oh ho, ho, you got me. And so one time Grace had really really. Grace loves telling this story probably because it allows her to curse. Uh, <laughs> She was hiding, and uh, she like, kind of jumped out from behind a door and startled Ashley, like made her jump, literally. And Ashley goes, damn it, Grace. <laughs> and Grace just busts up laughing. Grace likes that story.
3: Is the N-word nah, a cuss you... word?
1: What's that? What? Is the N-word a
2: cuss word,
3: Russ?
1: I don't know if... No, Tony. Not to me. I know to some people it is, though. My mom... So my dad was raised in a household where they, like, let it fly. Mm My mom was raised in a household where they did not let it fly at all. Oh, the word lie was a cuss word. so, right, that did well, yeah, Yeah. in the house where lie was a cuss word. Yeah, because my grandma used to get so pissed off at me and my brother. Um, And so then she said the first time she went to Thanksgiving with my dad, they were letting that joint go. And she thought, like she said, it felt she could feel it every time they said it. And they were just saying it like me and my brother use it now. It's just funny. Like, I'm a pretty N-word in all this stuff. And she was just like, I couldn't believe that they were just okay with letting this fly. But it's just like, yeah, depending on what house you live in, it's different for everybody. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've uh, Everybody has said it in my household, except for my youngest sister, which, you know, I'd be trying to trick her sometimes. I'm like, oh, don't you just feel it right there and say it
2: be, like, no, no. Okay. No. be power no, we don't take it back we don't play that we don't play that game in our
1: house yeah that, it, it's, it's more frowned upon in in the uh, leisure household <laughs> yeah I just want to state, for all you know, clarity that uh, no one says it in our house. No, it's good. It's good, man. You never know. Like some people, you never know. I know. I know it never with you, but like for some people in our society, like you don't know what they say behind closed doors. Paula Dean was a fan favorite until. (laughs) (laughs) Not so
2: much with the uh, employees. No. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've heard both from uh black friends of mine that they uh there's somewhere they're like, No, absolutely we don't say that. We're trying to snuff that word out and I've heard other people that don't care and have said like it's liberating for them to use it, like that they Oh yeah. Like it kinda it takes the the, the negative meaning out of it. So It's like that the uh, SpongeBob it- Put a little
3: tang on that sentence. I'm sorry, they did a
2: Spongebob episode about this.
3: this? I doubt that.
1: <laughs> they did a Spongebob episode on swearing okay. in the episode. Go ahead, Tony.
3: Yeah, Do it again. yeah, you know, a little little tang, a little, little zest, you know, put a, little, put a little stank on that sentence to, to, to emphasize it.
2: I, I'm not a Spongebob guy. I, didn't, I was too old for that when it came out, so I don't know what you're talking about at all. <laughs> What, what's the gist of the episode? I, I don't get the oh, reference. Oh. That, swearing, yeah, that bad. swearing is bad. Oh. Okay, well, that's probably a good message if it's a kid's show. It's probably preferable to swearing is good.
1: Tony, do you remember the first time you swore in front of your parents?
2: Uh, I said hell in front of my parents,
3: and that didn't go over well. Yeah, you from a household. That's where not that even a were. swear. That's yeah, I was about, about to say, Tony's from a household. Wow. Where it is, though. Yeah. I mean, we weren't allowed <laughs> to say that as kids. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it had to be in the in the proper context, right? It Had to be in reference to the Bible. It had to you had to yeah, be reading okay. it out of the Bible. You couldn't just say what, what the hell going on here. You can just you know flip, come out and say it. Otherwise, you know, you'd be in very big trouble.
2: Feel me? You understand me? Interesting. I think you guys both of your uh, both of you are pastors' kids, and I'm not, but I think we were all raised in pretty similarly. Conservative houses, as far as the rules go, I, th- I think there's, I think we have a lot in common on that. Like we weren't allowed to say sucks when we were kids. That <laughs> we could say that sucks or hell or even heck. They they weren't like they weren't profanities, but they were too crass for my mom's taste. We were not allowed to say those They words. were
3: the the what's the, what's the word that they used to use for marijuana?
2: That no nah, that
3: leads you into the harder <laughs> stuff. Oh, gateway. Yeah, those are the gateway words. Gateway swears. <laughs> yeah, gateway swears. <laughs> swears adjacent. It's swear adjacent.
1: Go. Profanity so I, adjacent. Yeah. I remember, I kid you not, this is a true story. So me and my family are on our way to this conference. The conference is in North Carolina. We stop in Tennessee. And it's me, my mom, my dad, my brother, and my uh, godbrother, Marquise. And we're in a hotel room. Swear to God playing TiddlyWinks. I don't know why, but we were. I don't even know what that is. And it's like a game where you like try to pop the pieces into this little it's neither here nor
2: there. Okay.
4: All right. <laughs> playing I tiddlywinks. Really, sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> we're playing tiddlywinks. And I keep missing the thing that you try to get the pieces into. And I don't know why. I probably heard it somewhere and subconsciously I, I started swearing. So I like missed and I was like, shit. Shit shit. And then like, this, it just kept, I kept missing. And my mom was like, what did you say? I said, and it's like, it all hit me at once. Like, oh man, I definitely swore in front of my mom. And it wasn't like the first time I had sworn before, because when I played baseball as a kid, when I would strike out, it was like, I you should have you should stay 10 feet clear of me. Because I okay. was a helmet thrower. I was a batting wow. gloves thrower. I was awesome. a bat thrower. And like I would be Man. it was so bad, like I'd strike out. Tantrum. I know, but like it would happen so rarely as a kid when I was playing baseball. Like, oh, I was like, okay. I had to Here dominate. <laughs> and so if Humble I struck bread. out the, I, listen, as a kid, I was a little asshole, but like um, my all the parents had to be like, Russell, calm down after I struck out because they knew what would happen. Why did you play baseball then? Like,
3: where's the all, where's saying? all
1: failure? I, I, I don't you don't know that as a kid, Tony. You just trying <laughs> not to you get out all the time. Right. Um, And so then because in my mind, Tony, it was just like the kids that suck strike out. I don't strike out, <laughs> right? And so then I was so pissed off at myself. I would throw things, and I would definitely swear under my breath. I'd be like, God damn, And, like, as, a, like, a 7, 8-year-old. And then if, it was crazy because, like, the older I got, the more calm I got where, like, I didn't care about striking out or whatever. But, like, as a kid, mm could not strike out.
2: I had a friend like that uh, on my 12-year-old baseball team. And uh, he was great, great athlete all around, ended up being like great high school baseball, basketball, football player. But, man, he was he would lose his mind when he would get out, especially if it was like an umpire's call that he didn't like any kind of out, not just striking out, Russ. And like, you remember in last dance how they had Jack Haley and he was like the guy that kind of kept Dennis Rodman calm. That was my job. That was kind of my role on the 12 year old literally team. because I wasn't very good. So I had to at least contribute something. I was the guy that would get Eric to kind of calm down and, (laughs) you know, be okay to keep playing the game and not go try to choke an umpire as a 12-year-old or something like this. You're talking about uh, Little League kind of brings back a funny memory to me of I was playing – I still played till I was like 14 or something like that because they have, at least when I was a kid, like they had – you could keep playing in the Little League system, I think, until high school. So they had kind of like a middle school Mm -hmm. age – I don't know if that's still going on and that's where it would kind of get, at least at the time it would kind of get, uh, it, some of the kids would filter out of that. Probably the really, really good players would go do travel baseball at that point. And I was never a very good baseball player, but I had one good season when I was 13 and we were on this kind of ragamuffin team. And we had, uh, we had, there was only like three teams at our field at that point for that age group. And we would go around and play in Schaumburg or Carpentersville or whatever, play other teams, our age that were in that system. And, uh, two of the coaches of the three teams in at our field at our like Elgin classic or whatever it was called. Our, our part of the system were coaches that had been there all along and knew everybody knew who the good players were. And then there was this third coach who ended up being my coach who didn't know who to pick. And that's how he ended up with me. And uh, then I, but I, and some of these other guys like turned out to have a really good season for some reason. And we were hitting well and we were winning and very surprising to everyone, including us. And then one day our coach, Artis, like wanted to give us, I guess, some kind of pregame speech. And he had made this, he got this poster board and he made this big chart of all our statistics. And all our batting averages were trash. They were all like, you know, 230 and below, which couldn't have been right because we'd done nothing but hit the whole season. And he's just ripping us up and down about our stats. And finally, I'm looking at his board and I'm kind of doing the math in my head because I'm like, "I'm, I'm hitting really well. That can't be right. And I'm like, I realize he's been counting our walks as outs. He has miscalculated our averages. So anytime you walk, it counts against your average, which is not how baseball works, Tone, if you didn't know. Um, and so at the end of his big like rant about, you guys got to start hitting, this is garbage, whatever. I raised my hand and I'm like, coach, I think you did the math wrong. I think you've been counting our uh, our walks against us. And he looks at me like angrily and then kind of looks at his board and he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, the walks aren't supposed to count against your average they don't count at all and he's just still kind of like puzzled and angry and he's finally just goes I'll check on that for you get out there
4: <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs>
2: oh, like, I was one of those great. kids that knew his average at any time like I could tell you at any time like yeah. I know I'm hitting 429 because I'm keeping track of it at home or something like that and then yeah. he shows it up there I'm hitting 220 I like, can't be right not this year most yeah. years yeah but not this year. <laughs> Most years, yes. <laughs> Correct. Coach. Most years, yes. I'm balling out. That Because that was so fun that year because every there was like this thing when I was a kid. I don't know if this is still the case with parents or whatever. But there was kind of this rule or this like philosophy of like, don't, don't let your kids throw a curveball until they're 13. Yeah. So yeah. you didn't see it as a 12-year-old. Everyone just threw as hard as they could. And then 13 is like everybody's free to throw curveballs. And guess what? Everybody's horrible at it. Yeah. So these balls would just float right in there, and that was the only year I could ever hit. This is good. This is uh, interesting. I like this. The good old days. We got, we got of swearing yeah. and baseball. And SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> That's Welcome it. to sport. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Jason. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey. We got Tony Gill on the boards for us today. Tony's rocking some kind of like vacation ahead here. It's a floral head. It says Tampa. Yes. I like it, Tone. Yes, you look like you're ready for summer, man.
3: Yeah, this was a gift from uh, my fiance, Stephanie, um, who went to Tampa for her sister's bachelorette party. The turn up was real.
1: Hey, and,
2: nice. uh, she brought me back a hat. Great. You're, you're not like contractually obligated to kiss up to Stephanie every episode. And she doesn't even listen to this, I don't think. Oh, no, no, she doesn't. I just love
1: doing it because she's a yeah. mess. OK, all right. We you, we are contractually obligated to kiss up. To he doesn't look over there at her when he says those things, though. Like you could see his eyes wander into the corner because he yeah. knows she's looking at him. And he says his, catch, a little- his catchphrase. Go ahead, Tom. Eee, a little- love you. <laughs> <laughs> he does this a little shimmy as he looks at her. He was like licking his lips and stuff. Yeah. It's an audio platform so the people can't see, but... Well, that's a good description, though. Russ, you're a writer, and that's very,
2: very well uh, described. That's also how Tony reacts when he gets all bundled up in his sheets and giggles, by the way. And you can get $23 off. You can get $23 off if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's the link. Use our link. You don't need a promo code. They'll automatically apply the $23 off. At checkout, you can get the sheet set. They have it in 11 different colors. You can get the comforter, the duvet, the duvet cover, the throw blanket. Our buddy, Herb Howard, just got some sheets and the throw blanket, said he loves it. My dad just ordered it, said he loves it. Uh, And soon, they're going to have a mattress. Not yet, but keep an eye on it. I think that's going to be this summer. Very soon, they're going to have the mattress.
1: I just got some sheets, bought some more sheets. I love them that much. The French blue with the stripe. Just put them on the bed last night, slept fantastically. Like these are grade A sheets. Sheets and giggles. Very nice. When
3: you, when you need a naked hug,
1: just get them. I, listen, uh, hugs are better than naked. Yeah. I, I would agree with Tony there. N E K K I D.
4: Mm hmm. <laughs> I'm with him.
2: All right. Another good, uh, another good, uh, Endorsement from Tony Gill. Uh, you can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and get $23 off automatically. No promo code necessary. Just use our link. Russ, I was thinking of one thing I wanted to discuss today. Um, I, a couple of weeks ago, I went out to dinner with Tony and we went out to a, a sports bar and we were watching one of those Heat Celtics games. I forget which game it was. Not a very good game. I think Boston blew him out that night. But uh, at one point during our hangout there, Tony leaves to go to the bathroom and he comes back and he's just like, he's just angry. He's just shaking his... He comes back from the... And I'm like, what What? What did somebody... Did somebody like offend him or like, what happened here? He comes back very upset. And and what What was the problem, Tony? You were upset with the condition of the bathroom, I think? Yeah, I was upset with men. I was except
3: just angry. Just, yeah. Because we're disgusting. Like, we are just awful human beings who is we men this is this is an L for all men because it's like it's (laughs) it's it it was so messed up like the the pool pee everywhere just pee everywhere like tissue in random places people peeing on the tissue and it's like (laughs) what
4: what are we doing
3: (laughs) what are we doing as the male species like again, I don't go into the women's bathroom. I don't know what this looks like. I can only say what happens when you go into a public restroom designated for men, and it's just ridiculous. Like it, I don't I don't understand it. I will never understand it. The bowl <laughs> is fairly large. The <laughs> Everything that
2: we use to play. It is an easy uh, target to it's, hit. It's, yes. It is no hundred
1: you could, you should be shooting ninety-nine percent from the field. Yeah. I mean sometimes it's in in a I mean with a urinal,
2: it's right there in front of you. Like yes. sometimes yes. it's sometimes it's like it's the entire it's as tall as you are. Yeah. It's all the way yes. down to the floor. I mean you can't mess it up. Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> the
1: one where it's like, bro, it's floor to ceiling. <laughs> like what, what are we doing here? <laughs>
4: He's
2: right, though. He's right, though. He He, he has a point on this. And I can't remember ever being in a women's bathroom for any reason. But, like, I imagine that they are very clean. There's no way women live like the savages that we do. Because, man, you go into a men's bathroom anywhere, like at an airport or anywhere, it is gross. And that's so weird because it's like, I mean, don't you want to go into a clean
1: bathroom? So, a couple things. Yes, Tony's correct. Like, dudes are when it comes to bathrooms, especially ones where they don't have to go often, it's like, oh, I don't give a shit, I'm not going to come back, so yeah. I might as well pee on the floor, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is terrible, terrible logic, but like, alright, so to your point, Jason, I have been in a woman's bathroom um, and I'll, I want, before everybody out there... I can't wait for the story behind for this. everybody out there, I was at, I was at a place where it was me and like five other people, there was not anybody there, the person says, yo, you can go and use the women's restroom because the men's one, they're working on it. I'm like, cool, knowing there's nobody in there. And even then, I knock on the door, hey, is anybody in there? You know, courtesy. Uh, Walk in. But there's like, there's like a little couch. There's like carpet in there. Like, (laughs) it it blew my mind because it was the first time I was just like, yo, they are really balling over here in the women's bathrooms. (laughs) Because like, and, and, you know, for, like, women's bathrooms, usually wherever you go, whether it's a sporting event or somewhere else, the club, there's, like, a line in the women's bathroom.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And you saw why? It's, y. like, VIP. <laughs> It's like VIP, like everybody can't get in. So, later on, dudes, just go. It's in and out really quickly. But that's because dudes are pissing on the floor. So that's why it takes so, <laughs> so I so quick to get in out of the men's bathroom.
2: I I feel so bad for women anywhere where there's a shared bathroom. Like Starbucks oh, yeah. bathrooms are just oh. you know we, they're not designated for one or the other. And I'm like, man, this sucks for women that they're oh. gonna have to use. And I and it comes up for me because the, as the as a guy having two daughters, like I can't tell you how many times I've taken one of my kids. Into a bathroom when they were younger, and I'm like, "Oh no! Like, I, I gotta, <laughs> clean, <do> go? <laughs> I gotta clean this toilet before you use it. I gotta like get paper towels and soap from the sink, and like I gotta actually clean this thing the way I'd clean Scrub the toilet in my down. house before yeah. you can even get near it. And we, and when yeah. you don't,
3: they leave. They come back with uh, poop on their shoes, and you gotta throw the shoes away. Yeah, I, that, I
2: remember yeah. that. It did happen. I remember, good callback. It's a very, dis- callback, very though. disgusting moment on
1: our road trip last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. Tony when so after you come back and you're upset about the the lack cleanliness or lack thereof of, of he was he was f- fuming. Mm. yeah I, I've never seen Tony mad about anything like legitimately mad like' he'll get I could see it on his, his face he was time. not
2: letting it go
3: yeah yeah I mean it's also like pubes everywhere it's like a pube contest
1: <laughs> wait <laughs> wait, a, yeah. wait a wait a minute like, on, wait a minute like, wait a uh, wait a minute yeah. wait <laughs> Wait a minute, Tommy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow, I understand going to a bathroom and there's like pee everywhere. It's unfortunate. Like, I I will give some establishments credit; they keep the, things very clean. However, when you have not only um, urine but pubes on the floor, that that's uh, that's something totally different. Like, I, what what was going on in these
3: bathrooms? I, I don't know. Maybe there's an increase in hair loss in men uh, in the southern region, but. Dude, sure. Or, like, yeah, during you, the pandemic, I've heard of like this. It's like a contest is like, "Oh, I was here. I will leave this here now." It's like, "Yo!" Like what?
1: that's nasty. I, just,
3: I I don't understand men sometimes and being a man it's like why do why are men
1: why are men? I hear that a lot. You hear that a lot these <laughs> days and and it's it's a fair question. Uh uh, from our female counterpart, they they say that often, and, and you can't. As a dude who, I don't speak for the rest of the group. I speak for me, and then I, you just have to agree. You're like, yeah, yeah, nasty. But here's my thing: as a as a guy in that situation where you like. Who says you know what? I need to shave my pubes. Go down to the sports bar real quick, (laughs) get it done. Get it done.
2: That's what's happening. That can't be what's happening.
1: He said it like Tony said it like there was like
2: somebody just manscaping at the sports bar. Like it was a a museum, like a
3: collection of everybody who had once you know enjoyed that bathroom.
2: It was, was,
3: and it was at a nicer restaurant, right, Jason? Like.
4: it, it, was like a a, it was an
2: upscale, uh, it was in Oak Brook, it was the old town poorhouse, uh, kind of like an upscale sports bar, it's trying to be at least, but it uh, doesn't really feel like it. it when you, I didn't know all of this, Russ, because he came back and he's like, man, I'm going to have to go off on this on the show sometime, so I was like, alright, well don't tell me now, I don't want to hear it now.
1: And also, a like, it, wait, 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 wait a minute, so you waited? You didn't want to find out
2: why, at all why he was mad. I also didn't want to hear all the details about the bathroom when I had food in front of me. Oh, okay. So you knew you knew, you knew it was the bathroom, but you were just like, just yeah. Singing. I knew that's what he was mad about. Yes. Okay. And I knew he had yeah. a whole thing about the bathroom.
1: And, yeah. and- <laughs> it, made, it made it sound like he was super pissed off. Like, don't tell me why you're mad. I just want to find out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I mean,
3: and, and I, I guess it doubled down because our our waitress wasn't all that great either. Like, I thought she was kind of whack. Like, I mean, the food was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with Jason, but like just the bathroom and then our waitress was was not good. This is, this is my review. I'm not writing it down. This, This is my review. Be better.
2: Gotcha. Now that's your review of all men or using the restrooms. Is that what you're talking about? Or the, or the place we went? Yes. Okay, both. Okay. Okay. Do you you ever go to somebody's house and the bathroom is disgusting? Ah. Because that's not good. I mean, anybody that has kids, that's a possibility. Uh, But, you know, hopefully you're putting the kids to work cleaning that up every day. But if you have younger, younger kids, then there's a lot of wild cards. But I've been to, I've been to like single friends' houses or something like that. And I've been like, the bathroom on the train is cleaner than this. Like, what's going (laughs) on here? God.
1: (laughs) see here's the thing that's a difference in if you host people or not right people who have no reason for other people to come to our house are like oh i mean it's clean enough for me like i'm fine (laughs) but if you host people or you have people at your home often like you have to keep a clean bathroom um like i host people all the time over here Mm -hmm. and i that's a big Portion for me is like you know what you want people to come to your nice home, enjoy themselves, be able to feel comfortable, cozy, know that they can go to a clean bathroom. You know, got the soap, got the lotion, little hand towels. Y'all been over at the house. You know, you didn't feel Tony didn't feel that way. Yeah,
3: no, no. You, you, you. I got the candles
1: going.
2: Oh, Russ, I could have sat in there for hours.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, also, also,
3: also, you know, for us, that's a one way ticket to not getting any if the bathrooms messed up.
1: Well, for for any person, Tony, not just for Russ. Let's let's Jesus, Tony. I'm not the only person that dates out here. Well, he's right, though. But just make it. Gosh.
2: (laughs) Russ, before we get into uh, for the second time, we'll have a show that's kind of about a a big slap. big Slap in Major League Baseball. And we got to bring in. Sports Adjacent's MLB insider, Ross Dursey, to explain it to us. Uh, I got to ask you about something, though, because I was hanging out last week with my brother. He lives in the city. He uh, has an uh, interesting dating life, much like yourself. And he was running this hypothetical by me. He said yeah. he, he's dating this girl, really likes her, uh, but he's going to have to break up with her. And I was like, really? why? You sound. You seem like you really like her. Well, she's got a dog. And the dog sleeps at the foot of the bed, like on the bed, I think. And the dog snores very loudly. And my brother made like a video of the dog doing this so he could play it for people to get their opinions. <laughs> so like he, so we didn't think he was like, you know, over-dramatizing it. But he can't sleep. He's a light sleeper. I'm a light sleeper, right. so I understand this. People that can sleep through anything aren't maybe going to care. No. But he can't sleep. It takes him till like 3 a.m. to fall asleep. And then the dog will start barking at 5 a.m. and wake him up. Like that's no way to go through life. So when he has presented, hey, the dog should sleep somewhere else. Uh, the woman tells him, well, if and they tried it once, I think. If we when we put the dog in the other room, the dog whimpers and cries all night. So that's no good either. So? Um, and what it, well, it sounds like if it? Well, I mean, how are you going to sleep through that?
1: If that's in the next room over, it's in the other room with the door closed. You'd still hear
2: it. You'd still hear it. He still hears it, and he can't sleep through it. You ever heard a dog like barking in somebody's uh, back room or in their basement or something like that? It happens. Is he barking or is he whimpering? I think it's a little bit of both. (sighs) All right. So, what do you do in this situation, Russ? Well, you're allergic to
1: dogs. (laughs) I whispered that, but I know it came through over the. I did. I did not hear what you said. Um. All right. Here's my thing, Jake. Let's say checks every box. But has this yeah. dog situation? That's that's where my mind was going. I'm like, all right, if you really like shorty like that, I, you, I almost feel like you're asking the wrong person because you. We've had this conversation. I don't give a about dogs. Uh, also allergic, so people can't get mad at me. Um, that's your easy out. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I.
2: I, I think too late to uh, I think, fake an fake an allergy in this case. Too late.
1: Yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's... Sorry, sorry, buddy. Um, They tried having the dog sleep in the other room once, but at some point, one, y'all know how I feel about dogs sleeping in the same bed as human beings and also the licking dogs in the mouth episode. I, um, I, as a dog owner,
2: I agree with you on both things. The dog does not right. need to sleep in the bed. Absolutely the dog not. does not need to lick me
1: in the face, in the mouth. Right, and I think... Before the breakup happens, if he feels this can't, it can't continue because of it, like this is really the deal breaker. All right. But like if she can if you just talk to her and be like, look, I don't want this to end. matter of fact, don't even talk about breaking up because that it puts you in a whole different that's a whole different conversation than what you're going to have. If you just say, look, I'm a really light sleeper. I love sleeping in the same bed as you. However. I do not love sleeping in the same bed as you and your dog. We're going to have to figure something out or you have to come sleep in my place because this can't, we can't keep doing this because your dog it's going to keep me from getting rest. And if you have that conversation she's like, well, this is my dog though. And and then at that point he's just like, all right, well then this is where we part ways. If she's like, all right, let's try to figure out a solution. We'll have the dog in the other room or Build him a nice dog bed or whatever, so he can sleep. I think you you do that first, and then the last thing would be, all right, we have to part ways. Yeah, I think that's where this is headed. Is uh kind of
2: it's a me or the dog ultimatum, and she's going to say it's the dog. All right, I think cool. I think that's where we're going
1: here. Here's my thing with a, a dog ultimatum. You know, ah, <laughs> y'all going to make me say it. It's not going to go well for you at some point. D- the, the the so you might pass up a, your soulmate for a dog that mm, at some point is no longer going to be here.
2: Uh, also, possibly a boyfriend that at some point is not going to be here. To be fair,
4: <laughs>
2: I mean dating is not long term. No, it's not. It's not foolproof.
1: It's so, not foolproof. I get it. You
2: give um, up your dog and then break up it two weeks later anyway. That's not
3: good. If 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 a yeah. dog is is getting in the way, they they weren't meant to be anyway. I agree with Tony there too. That's just kind of my thing. Like if if something you as,
4: Tony.
3: you know, again, dogs are important to people, but in the grand scheme of human relationships, if that's going to be the divider, what were what was the relationship hinging on?
4: Hmm.
3: You know, it's like it it's like it's like the pandemic, right? It's like the pandemic didn't, you know, the pandemic exposed what was going to happen to businesses and to things like it just fast forward everything. I mean, this dog is kind of like that. It's kind of fast forwarding what the ultimate ending was going to be anyway, if the dog is the separator. But I think there are some other solutions like get a do- buy a dog bed and then put the dog bed like in the same room, but just as far away from the bed as possible. Maybe that's the solution.
1: Okay. All all this is to say, and I said this during our segment break to y'all, Some it's, it's it's stories like these and weeks like I've had this week where I'm like, you know what? Dating is so trash. <laughs> like, and Tony, like you're getting out at the right time. They're putting your jersey in the rafters at the right time because sometimes, man, the joint is not... <sighs> It, like the headache that it causes you, the stress that it brings you, it's just like, dog, what what is going on here? It's not so fun out in these streets as you like. Not, no, this this wasn't a week of fun in the streets. I'll, I'll, <laughs> i If I'm gonna admit the wins, I gotta admit the losses. As well I appreciate that. I appreciate. No, that. it's like, listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm nothing if not authentic. Like what, this what? was a, uh, a rough, a roughish week in the streets.
2: We'll have to check back in on Jake's situation I think as of now when we're discussing this It's still in flux And he I think wanted me to throw this out there Particularly to you Russ As someone who is out there No, look, it's just, a,
1: it's just, it's a, It is an interesting situation I agree with Tony Like, If that's what was going to break them up They probably weren't supposed to be together anyway But it, you, you want to give Her an opportunity to at least be like Hey let's find a solution for the dog And if she picks, picks the dog Man All right, you're out. You grab your your Nike slides and shorts, you get out of there. Was it from the video?
2: Yeah, it was pretty pretty rhythmic, pretty consistent, and it was pretty loud. And uh, my brother, I think, wanted me to put this to you to see what you would think about it, Russ. And you've met him once or twice. Yeah. Um, And uh, I was like, are you sure you want me to talk about this? On the show. And it turns out that's another one of his gripes is that my brother is very excited about this podcast. He loves this podcast. Yeah. He likes listening to you and Tony. And uh, he has mentioned it to her, and she has shown no interest in it at any point. Never asked any follow up questions about the podcast. Jake was very offended by this, but he also thought, hey, go ahead, talk about it because she'll never hear it.
1: You're safe. You know what's crazy? Uh, Sometimes I'd be want to talk about things on our podcast in, in my dating life. But I never know when somebody at maybe dating at a time listens to the podcast. So I can yeah. never know for sure. Yeah. It's rough. I'd much rather have somebody who did not listen and I knew and come on here and say whatever.
3: I do I do this podcast in front of my fiance. She'll listen. She'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> my
2: God. She's in the room. She she's at a yeah. live Version of it and not listen. Live yeah, studio not, party. She, sit, she sits there next to him for two hours and doesn't know what was said. Moving on to uh, to like the big baseball feud of the week, the big the the second uh, slap heard around the yeah. world of the year. We had two this year. Uh, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson got into it. I, I don't really want to like keep going on. This story, I like, you know what? I'll say one thing about it, because this is dragged on to be a multi-day story. There's a very grainy video, very blurry video where somebody, whoever got it, it's like one person got it on their phone and it's got a watermark on it that makes it very, they really wanted to make sure they got their credit for it so much so that you can barely see what happens. I appreciate and I'm thankful that we have a baseball slapping story that is just purely entertaining and fun. There's no racism in it. There's no someone mm-hmm. made a joke about someone's wife. We mm-hmm. just these guys are just mad about fantasy football Slapping's and slapped back. each other.
3: Slapping, slapping is back.
2: Slapping is back. Tony declares. I want to hear just one thing before we move on from this. I know that the Jock Peterson Tommy Fam confrontation has uh, stirred up some thoughts in you, Russ Ross, the yeah. baseball insider. <laughs> that that are, that don't have anything to do with this. And I'd much rather get into that conversation. But first, I just want to I just want to do. Ache. I just want to hear very quickly Tommy Pham's original description of what happened.
0: And now, Tony Gill reads
2: Fellows. You look like you were sitting there in a normal way, and then somebody like slapped you upside the head.
1: (laughs) Now your glasses are crooked. Yeah,
2: like Tommy (laughs) Fam got you too, and now your glasses are askew. That is hilarious. Your hat's a little messed up. I I don't know what you guys
3: are talking about. This is always how I, Tony Gil with glasses, wears my glasses. So I don't. Well, it's incorrect. I don't. I mean, it's it's correct to me. All right, it's real to me. No, it's not.
2: Go ahead.
3: All right, this is Tommy Fam, fam discussing uh, the second famous slap heard around the world.
2: Yeah, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what he said. That's what he said.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That was was also a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reference there. So, all right, here we go. For real. I slapped Jock. He said some I don't condone. I had to address it. It was regarding my former team. I didn't like that. And I didn't like the sketchy. Going on in the fantasy, we had too much money on the line, so I look at it like there's a cold on my money. Then you're going to say some disrespectful. There's a cold to this.
1: So, (laughs) so a couple things. I know from knowing people that have covered Tommy Fam before at multiple stops, he is quote an interesting character i think we've seen from whether it was a last month where he said he would fight luke voigt for a slide when he was signed by the reds in spring training he said yay man i'm just here to get my numbers and nothing else um to now or when back when he said who do you thank for your success and he said me i thank myself um my my first question was well, one. It, it sounds so. It, it sounded so fake. Like it sounded like the story you tell to keep people from catching on the real discrepancy. But then the second question was, how much money is on the line? Where Tommy Fan says, and Tony to read this part. Like I'm a high roller in all the casinos in Vegas. You don't f- with my money. There, it, it had to be a hundred grand, right? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, but it Actually, doesn't have I'm, to. But man, you've been nah. around
2: these guys, Russ. It doesn't have to be some astronomical number. Like it could be ten grand. I think it's $100. these guys take these guys take ten grand seriously. Like I think even, it's the, mili- even though they're even though they're million, but even though they're yeah. millionaires, you know they're not going to play over a ten grand, a ten thousand dollar bet. But I would suspect you're right. I would suspect if it's season long fantasy football, it's probably it was fantasy football, right? Yeah, he's yeah. talking about football. Yeah, that's right. Um, which also is kind of funny because that means that this happened months ago. And he held on to it and was so mad that mm-hmm. he went and found him and slapped him over this.
3: I mean, we that's all have that.
2: Like if if you play fancy football,
3: like the one guy that that doesn't pay when everybody else pays. You gotta hunt him down. Yeah, and you gotta hunt him down for it. Like everybody's that gets frustrating. And it seems like Tommy Pham don't play that.
2: Oh, that's it, clear. That's very so clear. It's, it's, baseball people were not surprised that it was that Tommy Pham. Like, if I said, hey, somebody slapped somebody, they wouldn't be like, oh, not Tommy Pham. No.
1: No. Yeah. I, there was zero shock from the baseball world. <laughs> right. But the, the the bigger conversation that I wanted to have about it is take baseball out of it. It's Tommy right Pham. Outside of somebody talking about your significant other, your children or your race in me and uh, Tony situation, Jason, Um, what would get you that mad to slap somebody? Uh, I don't think I'm slapping somebody, I mean, I can I don't
2: it's hard to think of a scenario where I'd actually slap someone. But there are many scenarios where I get very angry. I get very irritated to the point where I still wouldn't do that. But it's still but it might be like fun to imagine. Uh, Tony, like for, for example, for example, at the gym that I go to, there's an indoor track. Mm-hmm. And there are very clearly marked lanes. The inside lane is for walk. The second lane in the middle is for walk. <laughs> the outside lane is for run slash jog, I believe it says. And there is always somebody walking in the jog lane. Some guy will be walking. In the outside lane where I'm trying to run Because I'd rather run In there in the winter And he'll be inevitably it'll be Some guy on his phone Totally clueless that he's in the run lane Walking at a snail's pace And I don't, I'm not going to slap that guy But I'll imagine Slapping him and that'll be fun you Just run with a paddle I imagine I'd be kicked out Pretty quickly doing that tone
3: no, I mean, just a little, just a little. Just
2: little, give him a little giddy up on the backside. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's
4: do this.
3: Yeah. You know, like burn, uh, like Brett Favre. You know, really, really hard.
2: Just smack. <laughs> Leave a hand Um Remember when Cam Smith was talking about the people ru- rushing off the plane to deplane? Mm-hmm.
4: Somebody Most from Rome, twenty-three. 23.
2: Yeah. yeah, that'll get me yeah. sometimes. You said about you know like your kids, but uh, no, I said you know, anything outside yeah. of that. I know, I know. But, like, I think even, like, somebody treating one of my kids unfairly, like, not necessarily being terrible to them or anything, but, like, imposing a rule on them that I don't agree with or, like, a teacher or something being unfair to them, that'll really, that'll get my blood, bo- or somebody doing that to me. That makes me crazy. Because, like, I, I, I stick to, like, the same brands pretty much. Like, I because I have loyalty programs with them, and so I'm getting the points from, like, Hilton and Delta airlines and Starbucks, if you run into somebody at, uh, at a hotel or at Starbucks and they're trying to lecture me about what the rules are for one of these things, when I know the rules better than you, I don't even work there, but I know all these rules because of how much I travel, that'll start to get me like, you know, clenching my fists.
3: Um, no, nah, not that much. Not, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't get angry. A dirty men's room, of course, right, Tom? Well, yeah, but like yeah,
1: Tony would have slapped the manager over that one. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not a lot gets me angry out in terms of like things that happen to me. It's just when things happen to other people that I love. Uh, that's that's what gets me going. But yeah, stuff that happens to me. Uh, somebody, yeah, nah, nah. If somebody steals from me, I'll be upset. But it's like. You know, I would just remove myself from the situation, and not deal with that person, kind of ever again, because I know their character now. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I get angry enough to slap, but, uh but I don't know. Russ, Russ may like to send the hitters, which is his hands. I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> these are the hitters I was referring to in the other story. The um, the slappers. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Tony. Like and you, I'm. There are very few things if you exclude somebody saying something racist, somebody messing with your family, the or whatever, ones. where you yeah, where you're just like I'm mad enough to have a physical altercation. Um, because at this point in in my life and y'all's lives, like hitting somebody, it's it's now there's there's, a, there's an assault charge that could be it could happen here. Do I lose my job like XYZ? I will say if like if I owned a very nice car and somebody hit it and then showed no remorse that might be close to slap worthy but even then it would be like I might say things but like I don't know if I would hit somebody like hitting somebody especially in this Jack Peter I mean uh, this Tommy Fam situation like that's somebody who cares about money more than other people, when it' because like I play fantasy football all the time, and I might get mad about something, but I'm over it by the end of the day, and even, even maybe not even the end of the day, like and within an hour, like I'll for, have forgotten. This man waited over a year, yeah, or almost six months, I guess to to have this altercation where he walks up to the guy and says, "Yo, you remember fantasy football?" And then slacks the dude. <laughs> the, 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 the mental space to remember it, walk up to the guy, say, hey, you remember fantasy football? The guy said yeah, and then you smack the taste out of his mouth. And, and then, like and then a got, and, it's and, a different and, and, human being.
3: Yeah, and, and Jock knew what it was. Like he didn't even really retaliate. He was like, Yeah, I know. Like he was expecting it. That was that was my thing. And it's I those yeah. are the two two types of people you don't <laughs> yeah. want to play fantasy with. You gotta see that. The and then the guy that doesn't take it seriously enough.
1: I always gotta know who's in the league because <laughs> now I do want somebody smacking me or I mean, you gotta I, I will say you gotta know who you can joke with about stuff. Like I don't think the joke was serious that serious. But at the same time, you don't know he said he told Jack, Jack, I don't know you that well to be making jokes like this. Come on, though, man. Come on. I, I agree uh, with you, Jason. Jason we, we know.
2: We, we know exactly what he sent because you got Jock Peterson. Jock's like, yo, here, go, going, right everybody. Well, I guess I'll find it for you guys. Here it is, and like he said it just like that. It was yeah. very funny to watch both of these guys talk about it afterwards. And Tommy Fam, like Tony said, is like, yeah, I did that, and here, and you know, I needed to do that. I had to address some stuff. Mm-hmm. And you have Jock Peterson on the other side, like like, like acting like he's been called in the principal's office. He's like, well, yeah, I. I like sent him this GIF and they're like, well, what, what was it? And he's like, well, like, I guess I'll show you guys hear here. And it's totally harmless. Come on. Yeah. It was like, super I, harmless. In general. I'm like, Hey, you know, you decide for you what pushes you to that level, but we can all look at this and be like, come on.
1: Listen, man. listen, I, I come told on. y'all people, they say that's an interesting dude. And so, but like with uh, somebody like that, like you and guys talk, like people know who's interesting. So like, yeah. I don't think it was slap worthy. He didn't even play for that team anymore. Who cares? But right. it's just like, all right,
2: Russ. I don't. I don't play fantasy football. I haven't played it in a long time. I used to play. Is this common to have a dispute like this in fantasy football? Yes. So, okay. So like what? the rules are the that, rules.
1: Are you that the... part. And this whole story is very relatable For people because like I have a We have different discrepancies I remember like yo You can't pick this dude up off waivers for x y and z Or you can't stash dudes on your bench For x y and z like that's legitimate But it, it's Not a slap worthy of like Crime don't fit the punishment <laughs> You know what I'm saying um, And I get that part but like yeah It it didn't warrant the uh, The slap
2: Tony, let's call, let's call some bullshit, man Hit the button This is
3: Bullsheet Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with Bullsheet
2: High quality bullshit <laughs> World class designer bullshit
3: To be sure Bullsheet Presented by Sheets and Giggles They just say whatever they
2: think will interest the audience Or make it appear that they know what they're talking about
1: And what comes out is bullshit.
2: Rush, you ever notice that we never have any trouble coming up with something to call bullshit on? Never. We sometimes have a fourth person on the show. We'll have a guest in, like Dion Miller or Herb Howard, and there's always enough bullshit to go around. Always plenty to choose from. There's always leftover bullshit. You know what's not bullshit, though? is Sheets and Giggles Sheets and Giggles is that real good sheet that you're going to want sheetsgiggles.com slash SA that's our link if you use that link you don't need a promo code or anything you'll automatically get $23 off your order of anything they've got 100% eucalyptus sheets silky smooth soft awesome for summertime Uh, the sheet set is what they call their main line and they got 11 different colors of it all sizes of beds fits your bed really well very very comfortable especially in summertime russ i know you love it
1: i do love it just got a, a third set so three different colors the blue the pearl and the gray and i will say if you're different looking to mix and match the blue sheets with the gray sheet set and duvet it's a solid combo wow
2: what a yeah. what a bold suggestion wow it mixing and sense. matching try uh, 100% eucalyptus. They got comforters, duvet, duvet covers, throw blankets, all this stuff. It's static-free. It's softer than cotton. Uh, the actual sheet set keeps you very cool, especially in the summertime. I use mine year-round, but I like them especially in the summertime. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and automatically get $23 off at checkout. Russ, my bullshit is on Nick Saban, and I feel like I, I like there's been a lot of bullshit from Nick Saban lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban spoke this week at the SEC spring meeting in Destin, Florida. And he can't seem to decide how he feels about a few things. Nick Saban can't seem to decide, A, whether he's sorry for going after Jimbo Fisher or not. I don't know if he's sorry or if he isn't sorry. B, whether he stands by what he said or not. And C, whether he's actually accusing anyone of doing anything that they shouldn't have been doing. Because now it was very clear what he was implying When he first went after Jimbo and Jimbo calls this press conference and calls him despicable and calls him a narcissist and says, we're done. These are guys that came up to Jimbo Fisher came up under Nick Saban, like learned from Nick Saban is is part of that Nick Saban coaching tree now hates him over this. And now Saban is saying this week, well, hey, I, I didn't say anybody did anything illegal. I didn't say anybody did anything wrong. When it was very, very clear That he was painting a picture He was implying that Texas A&M Coaches or boosters or whoever Is just dropping off briefcases full of cash To get recruits
3: I mean I love Alabama It's the college team that I root for I love Nick Saban But Jason's is absolutely right on this one uh, He He got caught up Trying to do this kind of Deep Psychological brain bleep of the boosters to get more money so he can have the number one recruiting class and then ended up throwing ended up kind of uncovering the what's been going on throughout the history of college uh, football and basketball. And Jimbo's like, you serious? Do you know the stuff that I have on you? And then Nick was like, well, I'm right, 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 my bad, dog.
1: Like, let, me, no. let me chill out. Yeah, let me
2: chill. Yeah. Out. Oh, hey, hey, I didn't say any, I didn't say
1: anybody did anything.
4: Wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So he, he you, know had- what, you know, you so you think it's like this uh, reverse psychology to his own boosters tone. I think that what happened here with Nick Saban is like the game changed with NIL. Mm-hmm. Completely And you have Whoever's that uh, Basketball player At University of Miami Saying well, Like I want to hit Free agency now Because other people Are getting better deals Than me And somebody here In my in South Florida Better match my deal If they want to keep me mm-hmm. Things like The game completely changed And what Nick Saban Doesn't like Is that other coaches Have adapted to that Very well Other coaches Lane Kiffin Jimbo Fisher Guys like that Have been like Okay Yeah so basically Just pro sports Free agency Yeah We can do that We know how to play that game and it takes away a little bit from Nick Saban's advantage. And now it's a team not only in his own conference but in his own division. And it's one of his former guys, Jimbo Fisher, a rival. That's, that's what this is to me. This is sour grapes. This is a guy who can't accept that somebody's beating him out for recruits. So if that's happening, it must be because they did something wrong, something that he can throw them under the bus for. And he's he may not need to adapt to the game. Maybe he's Alabama and he can keep getting guys. But if enough other schools like Texas A&M – can play the game this way, I mean, that definitely makes the competition a lot stiffer for him.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't think he's scared to play the game because if you remember when Bryce Young was coming to Alabama, he was bragging that, you know, our quarterback has gotten over one million dollars in NIL money. Like he announced that himself. That was a that was that was a that was a tool that he tried to use to get more recruits to come to Alabama. He is feeling sour grapes because he doesn't have the number one recruiting class because the game has changed. I think it's both. I think it's both where he is upset that the game has changed and he can't operate as normal with money going under the table. Um, Now everything's out in the open, and initially where he had the advantage, Obama, to his credit, still has a top five recruiting class. But losing to Jimbo in Texas A&M – He's like, come on, boosters. What are what are we doing here? Like he's buying all his players. Why can't we do it? So I I I think it's both. He hates how the game has changed, and I think he tried to do some reverse psychology on his boosters. Like, hey, come on. You know what it is? You know what time it is. Let's go. Phony up.
2: Jimbo Fisher would not be the only former Saban coach to kind of turn on him later on. Like when Jimbo talks about their history and some of the things with Nick Saban, I think part of what he's talking about is how he treats people. And I have heard a lot of stories from football coaches that are in that Saban tree or like Saban adjacent, whatever you want to call it. And they it's been good for them career-wise to come up under Nick Saban, but not a guy they want to hang out with. Oh, yeah, he's got to have the biggest one in the room. He has
3: to. <laughs> there's you, you got to accept that there, if you want to coach there you got to accept that he's
2: he's the big piece you got the hammer i was yes okay thank you. you i was told a story a few uh 10 years ago or so when university of florida hired will muschamp as their new head coach so maybe 2011 something like that and uh he was a Saban guy he came up under Saban he, i think it was a ga with Saban so like his very first job was with Saban if I remember correctly and his parents told me this story on the record that when Saban was coaching the Dolphins and Will Muschamp was his defensive coordinator there was something that happened in the offseason where uh, Will Muschamp was not home and so his parents were home like watching the kids I don't know if he was on vacation or whatever but this is like uh, maybe 2005 or something like that and Sabin is Is angry because he needs some document. There's some document that Will Muschamp has, maybe a scouting report, play sheet, whatever. There's something that he needs from Will Muschamp. So he calls Will Muschamp's home and the mom, Will Muschamp's mother answers. So like somebody's grandma answers the phone and she's he's irate. Like, I need this document now. And so she's like, okay, okay, okay. So she's like, you know, jotting down the phone, the fax number that she needs to send it to. And she drives over to like a, a Kinko's or a Staples or whatever to fax this. She, she faxes it, or she thinks she does, and come to find out, like she goes home, she gets another call from Nick Saban 30 minutes later. Where's that fax? Where is it? Well, Nick Saban had given her the wrong number. But Nick Saban wasn't going to take responsibility for that. Nick Saban instead is berating Will Muschamp's mother over the phone about this document. That's the kind of guy you're working with. That's when you slap somebody. That would, be a good, like that, that would be a good time to slap somebody Yeah so What that, are you calling bullshit on Tom? So I'm calling bullshit on
3: uh, Elon Musk And okay. I guess you can call him out On, on a, a couple of different things But uh, I think I'm going to call him out On his his purchase Of Twitter Um, It don't seem like he got the bag
2: actually I don't understand What's going on there Because I thought he was going to buy it But not, uh, he hasn't bought it Yeah I think like, it's got. I I think it's super cap and
3: reason by reason being is he's having disputes over the conditions of his purchase of Twitter in terms of what he wants to do, which is uh, one of them is, is get rid of all the bots. He's he says he's asking for the number of bots they think that are on Twitter, um, I think is the case, and he doesn't think the numbers that Twitter is being honest about the numbers that they have. And in the grand scheme of the, the purchase overall, like, it doesn't matter that much when you're talking about this this types of money, which makes me think, I don't think you got that liquid, my guy. Like, and it's okay, right? Like, I mean, it's a lot of money just to have sitting around,
2: and you can just- It's you okay know, to not to admit you don't have 40 billion. Yeah, run. that's, that's okay. okay. Not a it's lot okay. of people it's have right. that. But,
3: yeah. I mean, For him to go to these lengths to yeah, I'm a I'm a purchase Twitter and this is I'm because I'm the man because I I do this I'm I'm real life Iron Man I'm real life Tony Stark I just do it just Mm because and it's like you don't have to be that like nobody cares that much like if you if there if he wasn't going to buy Twitter nobody would have cared I mean SpaceX is cool I guess you know Tesla is cool but like he needs the attention and I get it to this aspect of Tesla and SpaceX and these companies that under, uh, Elon, they go up based on his popularity, like what he is and what, how he's viewed in the public is equal to what the value is of his company. So it's not the company alone. That's going to be successful. Elon has made it where if, if, Elon is viewed in a positive light if Elon is is getting better and getting yeah. more positive PR than the companies that he is under grows. That's the way he has it set up. So he monetizes I get it, the hype, the attention, right? So I get yeah. his need for the attention, and certainly buying a social media on your own is certainly an attention grabber. But I don't think he got the cash. And it's cool because I'm broker than he is, so I can't say much. But, again, I'm not capping. <laughs> I'm not capping on what I got. Stop capping, bro. You're like We know you're wealthy, but you ain't got a cap that you had that much liquid. That's all I'm saying.
2: So I'm calling bullshit on it, Elon. Is there a company you think you could buy, Tom? Do you, do you have enough capital to purchase uh, something could, smaller? Oh, yeah, he could buy uh, Agile Enterprises, LLC, if he wants. No, no, what could <laughs> you Could <know, think> you <laughs> buy something?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think I don't think you have enough money to buy Sports Adjacent LLC. Do you? Uh, Josh, we'll see how much tone got. Hold I mean, on. We got a we got a big valuation. Yeah. <laughs> he might be able to buy us out, Russ. Who do you want to slap this week? Oh, I'm sorry, that's not the segment,
4: is it? No, who do you want to call? Who
2: do you want to call? I thought that's our whole show pretty much today. Who do you want to call? Bullshit on
1: Russ. Mine isn't as uh, aggressive as y'all's this week. My bullshit for this week is going to one Hall of Fame shortstop, Derek Jeter. And yeah. this is why So on Tuesday I wake up in the morning and it's a, such. People are making a big deal because Apparently Derek Jeter for the first time Has joined both Twitter and Instagram It's like oh my goodness Derek Jeter's on Instagram He's already verified He gets getting tweets from A-Rod And he had 100,000 followers within like two hours Yeah And then everybody's like oh man Can you believe this? This is great And then me the cynic, the sports cynic that I am says, no, this is not great because this isn't real. Yes, he really joined Instagram and Twitter, but it's not real because the Dare Jeter documentary is coming out in about a month and a half. It's a rollout. I knew what it was right away, and it's just like, Doug, come on, Derek. You didn't want to be on Twitter or Instagram. You got a gajillion dollars. You're in the Hall of Fame. you beautiful wife, brand-newish baby. You don't have to worry about the Marlins headache anymore. Like, hey, he's kind of boring. You say that about a lot of people that aren't boring, Tony, because it's your definition. He can't. He's not a good talker.
3: And I will say it's like it's if not I don't true. if if I don't enjoy him, I don't find him interesting. Saying words like, "Why would I need him to be limited in character?" Once
1: again, like you said with Tom Brady, that's your opinion of him. Okay. The rest of the world thinks he is. Okay, I mean he's actually a really good talker, by the way.
2: Rusted started? He started it today, right? He started it Tuesday, as we're recording this. It's May thirty first.
1: Uh-huh. Even though his Twitter account says April of twenty twenty two, but nothing to hear, no there
2: at uh at 9 p.m. central time he has 2 208,000 followers. He's tweeted like six or seven times and uh it's very highly produced. There's a very high very exactly. high video of him, but I mean he's he's kind of a corporation unto himself. Uh, oh, but he did feels- he did wait. He did slow play it. He waited six tweets in to start tweeting about the upcoming uh, Captain documentary on
1: ESPN. It, it feels it felt very rollouty. Very my uh, PR person says this is a good idea. But with all that being said, shout out to uh, Randy Wilkins who is directing uh, the Captain ESPN documentary. Uh, Randy does great work. Do you believe that, or are you on the take? From no, no, no. no that's a hundred percent. Okay, all right. No, 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 no. no that's a hundred percent. Randy's good people.
3: Man, right. ma- man, they're going to be Magic Johnson on Twitter.
1: <laughs> I don't think Randy wants. I mean, That'd be great, uh, Randy. I don't think Derek wants to tweet. Like, I think uh-huh. Magic they Johnson. nudged that's him what's... to do this. Oh yeah, he's
2: definitely
3: going to be Magic Johnson then on the Twitter. Yeah, Tony's right. He's gonna no, I be think like no, no, no. Mid, the problem is, I think
2: Magic wants to tweet mid-season. Derek Jeter's going to put out a tweet that's like, at the All-Star break, these are the players who have the best chance at MVP, and it's going to be thirty, <laughs> 30 guys. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I think Magic be wanting to tweet, though. That's how Magic thinks.
2: I Call Bullsheet is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, our sponsor. You can get $23 off your order of the softest bed sheets you'll ever own by going to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. No promo code needed. Just use our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you'll get $23 off.
1: Gentlemen, uh, occasionally on our show, we talk about uh, sports media because we all work in sports media in different uh, forms and fashions. Tony, you work for an organization in in the sports media realm. Uh, Jason is a beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, The Bright One, aka uh, Covering the Bears. And I do national stuff over at Ballion Stadium. And every once in a while, we and we talked about this where, with you know, the Tom Brady deal came out uh, with Fox a couple of weeks ago. ESPN just joined uh, that group and said, you know what? We're, you're not the only one who's going to sign a current player to a deal. We're going to do it as well with basketball. So this from front office sports, ESPN has announced that CJ McCollum will join the network as a multi-platform NBA analyst. President of the NBA, uh, MBPA and star for the Pelicans. CJ McCollum will make his debut on June 2nd during the NBA finals. As part of a new analyst role with ESPN, CJ McCollum will work to develop a new podcast. He also has a podcast of his own for everybody out there. Additionally, uh, he will become a game analyst for the NBA Summer League and a year-long studio analyst. He'll appear on NBA Countdown, NBA Today, and SportsCenter, First Take, and Get Up. Uh, It's a big deal because he is now a a player analyst, much like Draymond Green was for inside uh, the NBA on TNT. But in this situation, you have an active player who's going to be basically on every one of ESPN's platforms during the season. I think it's really interesting. I, I, I think it'll work because he, him and his representatives wouldn't put him in a position to fail. But it is interesting having an active player with all that players have to do on a daily basis to prepare for games, et cetera, to say, oh, I got to go on first take. Oh, I got to go on uh, get up. Especially because, you know, you're traveling for games often, getting in the cities very late. It's hard for me to imagine you get up, especially for a, a, a team that's a West Coast team. You know, you're going to be out, LA and Portland and all these different places and get up comes on what that's, that's 430 New York time
2: uh, I'm not sure I don't watch the show
1: it's really early for a, a basketball player during the season so it's hard to imagine a player being up that early during the season to be on their platform but like they're they've I imagine they're giving him the bag bag, but it's just interesting to see how the market has moved in terms of, you know, networks wanting players on their platform. Uh, and now seeing a player active being on the platform. Um,
3: This is uh, if players find time to go to the booty club during the season. I mean, if a, if a NBA front office person, if the Pelicans, mm-hmm. you know, know that this is a routine where players hit up strip clubs, stay up late all night, I think they much prefer them do this than what, you know, the NBA life is like um, in real life. But also, you know, for me, this is like when Ron Artest wanted to make an album during the season. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> he wanted to step away during the middle of the season. So right? I like, I mean, to a certain point, I think yeah, well, those are two, two, just two. Of my main wow. points is, I think his bosses would much rather do, much rather him do something constructive and positive and makes him money, right? Which is talking NBA basketball. Um, but you know, also like. With him having to expand that platform, he's also going to leave a lot of room to make mistakes on his end, right? Like, how much can he talk about another player? How much can he talk about a game plan on another player? He could be playing that player up next and could be, oh, how would you guard this player? Oh, man, like, you know, like, different, like, stuff that coaches I don't think would be fond of being talked about in, you know, on on an open forum. So um, that's how I kind of feel about both of it. If he can make it work, you know kudos to him um but man it's it's going to be difficult but i mean i guess Draymond is doing it what did i say his name like that draymond
4: draymond I guess.
1: <laughs> draymond
3: i i, guess, I mean draymond's uh. doing it so with TNT and and Colin Cowherd's uh um podcast network so um, He's kind of If if it's in that vein Where Draymond just kind of Does what he wants Where he's like I, I feel like talking Let's talk And then he it, comes right in But if he's contractually Obligated to make Certain appearances On certain shows Like That's going to be
1: difficult See it, it, This made it sound like He's going Like Get up first take Sports center NBA Today and NBA Countdown, like that's a lot of platform, as well as starting a podcast for ESPN. It's a lot. It's Russ,
2: when I first saw this story, I thought he was just going to be on during the NBA Finals or something like studio analysts, like a lot of guys have done in the past. Um, do, do, does this raise any concerns for you? journalistically with ESPN or are you just kind of, that ship has sailed with ESPN or what? I think it's a lot different with Draymond Green doing uh, the TNT show. Cause I don't think people really think of TNT and, and Turner sports as like a journalism entity, even though I know they have a journalism wing, but ESPN still tries to call itself that.
1: No, 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 no. This isn't that I'm more interested in the business of it. Right. And, and how the sports media landscape has kind of moved and look, journalistically, uh, I don't know a lot of people know this, but CJ McCollum studied journalism at Lehigh. Right. So this is a guy that this has always been an interest of his. He's a really good talker. He has his own podcast. I'm, I'm more interested in schedule wise, how it's going to work for a player that is on the road all the time in the NBA. And as you've talked about on our podcast, this, the the schedule for you writing about the NBA was crazy. Let alone you're not going out there and playing every night, right? Um, he has his own podcast. He's going to have ESPN's podcast. He's going to have all these different verticals that he's going to have to work with, as well as being a really damn good basketball player. I, I agree with Tony in that players find time for the things they care about, and this will handle itself. I will say this: it sounds at face value like a lot. For a guy that's still playing, like if this they ask J.J. Reddick to do this as a retired player, which they do, that's one thing. But to have a guy who was an all-star recently, like and who's a really still a really good player, like I, I'm curious. It it's is all. a lot to
2: take on. It is taking on a an a extra lot job of hacks. during the season. Tony, you said it's like when Ron Artest wanted to record an album. It's also <laughs> maybe even more so. It's kind of like when right. Ron Artest tried to work at Best Buy. Like he right. went and wanted to sign up for circuit an actual, city, yeah. extra job.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was an extra uh, job. The, the, the league was in a lockout. So he was trying to, he was trying to get a check. Oh, for I him. thought he was trying to.
1: Okay. I'm more of a circuit city during the lockout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the GM was not happy about that. But I think the other side of it for me is we're seeing a lot of networks throw a lot of money at players to talk. I think it's gonna. I think this is gonna work with CJ McCollum because I, I know about his different platforms and. And while I think this is a lot to put on a player, like I do think he can do it fine. Jay brought in JJ Redick. He's been fine. The Pat Beverly experiment. I think they were just trying to do something because it was trending and it was going to be popular and people were going to watch. And he wasn't actively playing. That was at the end of their season. Right. 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 Um and then on the other side like, with the Tom Brady thing, like people are going to continue to try this. Somebody's not going to be good at it and it's going to be the reason Drew Brees. that um, Right. The Drew Brees example, like that's Drew Brees right, was not good. Right at it happened, yeah. Drew Brees was not good at it. Um and NBC pivoted quickly and said, "All right, well, we're okay."
3: Um, Then Drew tried to play it off Like you know I could come back I'm still weighing my options I'm like fam we saw what your arm looked like And we saw what you are on TV I saw your last game buddy You're you're not coming back today You ain't Tom Brady (laughs) Nobody will be
2: rushing for Drew Brees anymore (laughs) I think Russ one of the reasons I think it'll work is because he does Because he plays on the Pelicans Like I think if he was on one of the more High scrutiny teams If he was on the Lakers for example Maybe this wouldn't go over so well because that would it could cause a lot of issues within the team. I think if he's on TV all the time talking about you know dysfunction that they're dealing with or something like that, people don't really stress out about the Pelicans. So that is part of why I think this will be all right.
1: When when LeBron went to LA, the the narrative was, oh, he's not even going to be focused on basketball. He' doing the shop. He' doing X, Y, Z. Like, that's already out there. So, like, let's say CJ have five bad games in a row. You already know what that first narrative is going to be. CJ do worried too much about his off-court stuff and not his right. on-court stuff. Like, that's going to happen. Here's agreed, Rush. rush. I think that
3: is going to be a thing that's going to be brought up. Here's probably my biggest concern with taking a – Larger view uh, uh, of what's happening and what's trending. I am worried about too much of the narrative belonging to players, uh, and I think this is where you know you guys come in, uh, mm-hmm. Russ and Jason, as you know, journalists, um, as people that you know try and get the as most truth as possible out there for people to read and consume and stuff like that. I feel like if you have too many players writing or doing their own narrative, I think that becomes an issue uh one with content, right? Because how truthful are you going to be about your life and about you know, your field of play without putting rose-colored glasses on? Like I mean, it's it's already happening, right? Like LeBron, he's he's dipped his toe into content creation. And I got to say, it ain't good because it has a spin to it. It has a narrative to it. Like, I've seen the shop. The shop ain't good. Like, it's just not. And it should be good. You have all those interesting people on there, but it's it's a safe space and not a safe space where you can be honest. It's a safe space to cover the PR of what I need to be said out there. And that's not good. That's not good for just a consumer wise who uh, who wants to consume good content. And it's not good because it it spins what the actual truth is. And that's what I'm worried about with too many players entering the media space because they see another money generator. And these companies are like, oh yeah, you know, you 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 don't know game. And, and again, it's not for every player. Like, I think CJ is excellent at what he does. I think Draymond is excellent. But everybody, this isn't for everybody. And these companies need to be aware of that, that what you're losing by also
1: adding a a former player. Really good point, Tony. One, you hear me on our platform a lot talk about the idea of the victors telling the story. And that's what it becomes when you have Players, I have no problem with players telling their own story, right? And, and creating content. I do say, like, when it comes to what JJ is going to do or what uh, CJ is going to do, like, uh, you do have, there has to be a balance. As a network, it has to be a balance. You have to have, like, there is no NBA today on ESPN without Malika Andrews, right? Without Ramona Shelburne, without uh, Brian Windhorse, without Zach Lowe, without Woj. You still, even when you have Kendrick Perkins on there and, and Matt Barnes on there, who, who I think is is actually really good at this, um, like you have, there has to be a balance as a network, right? You don't just have inside the NBA without Ernie Johnson, right? Ernie Johnson keeps that whole thing together because it would just be Shaq and Chuck yelling with Kenny laughing in the middle if you didn't have Ernie driving conversation uh, with some of the reporters that they have on their sidelines, Chris Haynes, etc. And so in this situation, like I've watched the shop and I think I've seen it both ways with the shop where it is a PR vid- vehicle, as you talked about. I've also seen some really good conversations on the shop that I do think need to be had. And I think it's important for people to see players, athletes, executives, uh, musicians in, in that light where they feel comfortable because like it or not, they're athletes are, are and celebrities are going to feel comfortable talking to each other, less comfortable talking to Jason or myself or whatever. Like that's just the nature of what we do. Uh, I could be, I think I'm a fantastic interviewer. However, LeBron asking somebody questions is going to be a lot easier to get a response than me asking a person questions. Nature of the beast. Right. Um, Until I get to some certain level, you know, what I mean, even still, it's like that's LeBron James. I don't know who Russ Dorsey is. Uh, And so for me, I think for every J.J. Redick, right, for every um, C.J. McCollum, for every Draymond Green, for every Matt Barnes, you're going to have a Paul Pierce. Right. You're going to have people, uh, Drew Brees, you're going to have people who aren't good at the job and you're going to have to have networks that really decipher and say, all right, we overcorrected too much. Let's go back to good content. But I, I think we've kind of sailed on that because I think networks think, are right, well, people are going to watch this. So good content.
2: It's gonna depend on the viewers and the audience to be discerning about what you're watching. There's nothing wrong with athlete produced programming. As long as when you're watching it, you understand that's what it is. You understand you're getting only their version of it, typically whatever version of it is going to be most suited to them and their reputation and their financial interests and whatever else. It's okay to watch it, but you gotta watch it discerningly. And I have less, I have so little confidence in most people to do that right now. Tony, you watch things that way, but I'm not sure that most people do. I don't think most people make any distinction between stuff like that and stuff that is actual solid journalism. Russ, would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to today? Yes, please. I have just to lead off. I have a quick smattering of NFL notes. I know it's the off season. It's it's summer, but there is a lot going on. Ex-Bear Akeem Hicks, longtime defensive tackle, has signed a one-year, potentially uh, ten million dollar deal with the Bucks. I Good think he him. leaves Chicago as one of the most beloved Bears in recent history. Any objections to that? No, agreed. Kyle long? Kyle long is he's too. up there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who's the people love? How long? League?
3: Greg Olson. No, the the not the worst one.
2: Who are you talking about? Yes. Zach, Zach Miller. Miller. Zach Miller. Oh, oh Zach people Miller. like Zach Miller a lot. Yeah, yeah, people like Zach Miller. Uh, I, Akeem Hicks is thirty two years old. I still think he's going to be good for at least one more season. I think he'll be worth that money. You saw him last year. I know he's. I know he had some injuries last year, but you still saw him last year. This guy who's like six four three forty or whatever. You still awesome, saw him. Cool. And chasing people down, Russ. Mm -hmm. Chasing people down at the end of a play. He's the guy running down there doing it. Um, Bucks quarterback, Kyle Trask, if you remember, he was a guy that drafted out of uh, Florida a couple years ago. He has weighed in on Tom Brady's return. I know we've all been waiting to hear what Kyle Trask thinks of this. And he says he's glad that Tom Brady did what's best for his career, even if it means Kyle Trask goes from potentially starting to probably more likely the third-string quarterback in Tampa. I think this is what's best for Kyle Trask's career too because the longer you wait till they have to see you play you can get a contract extension just off practicing. He's going to now get through two years of potentially not having to play and as long as they like what he's doing in practice like he could he could be you could make a career out of that. The Chase Daniel plan probably not the career he wants at this point but it's very lucrative
1: yeah very much so
2: Colin Kaepernick had a workout with the Raiders. I believe that was last week. You got to think it's legitimate at this point because he's like 35. Is he almost 35? He's almost 35 years old. His first workout in years. I mean, there's nobody at this point giving him a a token workout, right? I would think anyone that brings him in is
1: serious. I'd imagine so. I mean, Tony, you're skeptical.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean because I'm
1: of, yeah, I, I'm with them you. specifically where executives
3: are leaving almost every week because of the working toxic work environment and uh, potentially racist or sexist work environment that they need to cover up. Bring in Colin Kaepernick for a workout. We don't have to sign him. Just bring him in for a workout.
1: His uh, one of his former coaches, quarterback coach or coordinator, is in Vegas. So like that's one thing. Uh. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Tony like after a while the, I knew for a long time it was oh well when he, he last playing in the NFL he was ranked so and so out of all the quarterbacks. He wasn't even good. And then you knew the longer this went, then the conversation would turn to, oh uh, he's been out of the league six years and uh he can't play anymore. It's like, dog, I see some of the quarterback play in the NFL. You got brothers getting signed out of the, the USFL, Peter XFL Peter Man Yes, honestly. Mike uh, Mike Glennon always has a job, always. Brandon Whedon who was 30 when he got drafted, <laughs> still in the league. <laughs> you know, still still cashing a check for somebody as a third stringer like it I it's not impossible. I just I'm, I have my doubts.
2: Uh Russ also Lovey Smith, the Texans head coach, appeared on Chris Collinsworth's podcast and said of Deshaun Watson's departure, "Quote Sometimes divorce is good. This might be the only time I agree with that. In this case, yes. Very
1: much so for them.
3: Another uh, another you, another uh, another uh, 23rd person has
1: come forward
2: for with a yeah, civil
1: Yeah, I, I saw that before we came on.
2: Russ, are you familiar with the concepts of public domain? Yes. Meaning for anyone who doesn't know that it's whatever content this is, a song, a character or whatever is now available to use. Uh, the original Winnie the Pooh character from the books entered public domain in January of this year. So it's no I, longer protected. I saw that. The, uh, the Disney cartoon version is, so you can't steal that, but we theoretically could make a Winnie the Pooh movie. We could make a movie where Winnie the Pooh is like a superhero or a science teacher uh, or a serial killer. That's what director Reese Waterfield is doing as they just wrapped last month filming on Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey, in which uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are insane killers. Would you like to hear a little bit about this movie? I think
1: you're going to tell me anyway, but I am curious.
0: And now, Tony Gill reads.
2: Ellis. so Why yeah, seductive? There. Yeah. And also the people listening on the podcast can't hear you giving us a weird seductive look. There's no audio to it.
3: No, it's fine. It's fine. I, Tony Gil with glasses. You guys just call me out of the blue all the time. I was just laying on my sheets and giggle sheets. So I'm feeling very sedu- seductive, you know, nipples hard and everything. Come on, man. You, you guys don't know what I got in the back. You guys don't know what I got going uh, on. You guys just call. Oh, Tony, give a glass. Just come up and, and, and read this. Like, man, I could I, I could be out there with, with, with the old. With, <laughs> I, me and Russ are kindred of spirits, and nobody's respecting that. The oh Tony,
2: give no, glasses. you're not. Uh, yeah, I don't think Russ would agree with
1: that. Mm-mm. You
3: know, I could be having something pulling up, and y'all just say, "Oh, Tony, give a glass." I could be mid. You know.
1: <laughs> the Germans. <insurance>.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just read, man. From director Reese Waterfield. Pooh and Piglet are the main villains, going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. He is not giving them food. It's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult. Because they've had to fend for themselves so much, they've essentially become feral. So they've gone back to their animal roots. They're no longer tame.
2: They're like a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try and find prey. Fun for the whole family, Russ. Uh, this is not going to be a good movie. They filmed this movie in 10 days. That's all the longer <laughs> it took. 10 days. Okay. Uh, they usually spend longer on movies than that. It's 10 days, and the uh, director, Reese Waterfield, admitted in an interview uh, that it was a low budget. Some highlights from the movie, if you can call them highlights. Uh, it has not come out yet, but they're rushing to it now because some stills leaked on Twitter, and now everyone there's some interest or buzz about this Uh, there is a scene where they use chloroform to uh, make a woman unconscious and then drive over her head with a car to kill her Uh, Eeyore, if you remember Eeyore from the children's books he's dead Uh, reason being uh, Pooh and Piglet ate him killed him and ate him what is this? it's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie because Winnie the Pooh, the original character is now in the public domain, Russ, and you can do whatever you want with it Jeez. Uh, it, the pictures are horrifying. I'm looking a, at it right now. A two-year-old boy in Texas who probably should not go see Winnie the Pooh uh, Blood and Honey or Honey whatever it's called. Uh, he did something, Russ, that I could imagine a young Tony Gill doing or maybe even a uh, current Tony Gill if he got a hold of your phone. So this kid, uh, Barrett Golden, two-year-old yeah. boy, his mom, Kelsey Gordon, Golden, excuse me, working from home. So every parent, everybody that's got kids that's been working from home during the pandemic the last couple of years knows this experience. The kids are bothering you while you're trying to work from home. Very difficult, very annoying. And uh, you probably just give them anything you can to get them to leave you alone. So when her two-year-old son wanted her phone, Kelsey Golden said, okay, fine, here, just take it. And he's playing on the phone. She thinks he's just playing with the camera or whatever. Later, she gets a notification on her phone saying, hey, your, your DoorDash order is running late. And she's like, DoorDash, I didn't, I don't think I ordered, did I? No. And she's checking with like her high school age kids. Hey, uh, did you guys order DoorDash to school for lunch today? Because apparently some kids do that. That sounds crazy to me, but apparently that's kind of normal now. Okay. As she's trying to figure this out, she sees a delivery guy for DoorDash pull up into her driveway, get out, say, "I've I've got your McDonald's order here, 31 cheeseburgers. Is that correct? And it clicks to her. Oh no! It was my two-year-old when he was playing with the phone. He ordered thirty-one <laughs> cheeseburgers to the Jeez. house. Oh, man.
1: These kids, man, they know how to work the phones. So I'm not. That doesn't shock me one bit. Well, uh,
2: she was a little surprised because she she said that uh, nobody in their house eats cheese. So she had thirty-one cheeseburgers, and it's like, what am I going to do with these? So she puts it on Facebook. Hey, I've got. 31 free cheeseburgers if anybody wants them. And she said people <laughs> came by. That's she cool. said people came by looking for them. Uh, that that order, from what I could tell of doing the math on the article, uh, that order comes out to about $73. 31 cheeseburgers for $73 or so. Uh, the kid left a 25% tip, taking it up to $92, which his kid. mom's his mom said was, quote, very generous. <laughs> oh, it is That's the part of this that that Tony would not have done. Tony would not have kicked in a $20 tip on this 31 cheeseburger. Tony Gill, or any bad black tipper.
1: person. No, don't put that on black people. Oh, no, this geez. specifically. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't condone what you're saying right now, Tony. <laughs> Tony trying to put that on black people. Don't put that on black people. And finally, Cause Russ. Because you're a black, bad tipper. Oh,
2: I'm trying to get off this. How, how have we done this for like 60-something straight episodes and we never have the cadence of this segment right? <laughs> we always have. My... We're like, I'll, I'll start being like, and in other news, and Tony to like, hey, one more thing about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> like 60-something episodes if we don't have the flow of this down.
1: 65 to be exact.
2: And finally, Russ, there is a volcano, an underwater volcano, full of mutant sharks in the Pacific Ocean. Just digest that for a second. Uh, it's nowhere, it's crazy. nowhere near us or nowhere near where you'd probably ever go. It's in the Solomon Islands. It's like, ni- if you picture where Australia is, it's like 950 miles northeast of Australia at the Kavachi volcano. I believe it's pronounced. It is underwater and it is constantly erupting, but occasionally has these larger eruptions and what it's spewing, the magma that it's spewing into the water makes the water very acidic and it heats it up to a hundred degrees. So, Scientists were shocked to find that anything's living in this. Apparently, there are two types of sharks that have adapted to survive in these conditions, uh, with the scalloped hammerhead and the silky shark. Mutant sharks. Sharks usually uh, prefer the water to be about 72 degrees. So sharks that are making it happen in acidic
1: 100-degree water is quite alarming. Every shark movie that I've ever seen kind of starts like what you just described. It's also Sharknado? The, Yes. How
2: many Sharknados
1: have they made by now? Uh I think like six. Okay.
2: Something like they're that. all good. They're all good. They're
1: catch up to the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and also like You can merge um, those franchises, that'd be great. The piranha movie kind of started like that. Like the Little Lake uh sub like kind of volcanic and they mutated okay. and it's kind of like that as well uh and they ended up eating everybody the ocean is the scariest thing on on earth oh it's scarier than deep space i'm 100 with you there's so like many the things ocean kill yes. you in the ocean yeah there's th- th- things that we've there's things that we've never seen in history in mankind in the history of mankind that are in the ocean you go when there, they and do, swim there and it they they once
2: When they do the ocean and the sea and stuff on planet Earth, and they're talking about the vampire squid from hell
1: and stuff like that, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm scared of the ocean. I agree, I agree. Like I love like anal, like learning about that stuff, but then like it just nah, I'm cool. Come up with a leg missing. They've got a fish. I think it's uh, I want to say it's in the Amazon,
2: and uh, it's called the toothpick fish, and it will do exactly the thing you would never want it to do. It'll swim right in there. That's like what it does. Oh, no. Imagine the number one thing you would not want something called the toothpick fish to do. That's what it will do. Stay out of the ocean, everybody. Stay out of the ocean. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my gosh. That, uh, that is a painful ending to this episode. <laughs> just, just, science, just science. Just science. Just teaching you. people about nature. Th- thank you, Jason. Uh, I know your kids be, be watching all the Animal Planet stuff at home. Uh, And and you might occasionally walk past And get caught up So we appreciate you noticing these things Um, As always Sports Jason is sponsored by our good friends At Sheets and Giggles When I tell you this is the perfect partnership For us It is the perfect partnership for us They get us, we get them And because of that We present you guys with awesome sheets Courtesy of Sheets and Giggles If you would like the softest sheets On earth Go to SheetsGiggles.com forward slash SA to get $23 off your next purchase. We're not just telling you this. I literally just bought another set of sheets. I had two already. I didn't need to buy more, but I wanted to buy more because they are awesome sheets. And I wanted the the different colors that they had. I didn't have any of the stripe set. Got the stripe set. It looks great with the duvet and duvet cover that I already have. I'm going to get the throw blanket. I have the little table in the in the living room that Jason and Tony have seen. I put the blankets in there, put the heavy throw in there. So they have great product, SheetsGiggles.com slash SA to get twenty-three dollars off your next purchase. It's Father's Day coming up too. You this is the time to do it. You could order
2: it now when this comes out, and you would definitely get it in time for Father's Day at this point. And it'd be a great gift. Tony, do you have one of your signature Sheets and Giggles endorsements for the people? They wait for this every week.
3: Oh yeah, wake up as confident as Russ does, showing me that the top floor of a high-rise and gishy and giggles. (laughs) Shiggles.
2: I mean... Did you say jiggles or shiggles? What was the
1: Jiggle your shiggles. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag jiggle your shiggles. Um... I will uh, give Tony credit. Like he's not wrong. Like I wake up in the morning after a, a good night's sleep on my sheets and giggle sheets and I stand out in the open window floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yes. 45 stories up and I look out up at the lakefront and uh in in all my glory. <laughs> Staring out at and starting the day. You Tony's feeling. You Tony's that very
2: conflicted consumers. about that because he, he admires your confidence, but he's also, as he's mentioned before, he's worried that people will just be walking around down on the sidewalk with a telescope, I believe he said, at 7 a.m.
1: Did a good view. Hey, you yeah. know. Welcome to my OnlyFans. Hope you enjoyed but it. But it's free. You're not making any money off it. <laughs> well, not yet. It's a good preview. Good to get people to okay. subscribe. Um, As always, make sure you're listening to the podcast, downloading on uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content. Also, clips have been doing very well. You guys have been sharing them joints. Continue to share them, share them to all your friends. Get people to listen to the podcast, support sheets and Giggles. They're great on social as well. Gentlemen, anything else before we let the folks go? That is going to do it for Sports Adjacent. We will catch you guys next week.